0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Lord, I, I do have faith, but help
1: my unbelief because I am so prone to not believe by faith, not trust you by faith, not step out by faith, because my flesh wants to play it safe. My flesh chafes at the notion of faith. My flesh chafes at the notion of trusting God when I don't see it. No, faith is seeing the unseen through that lens.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Trust is something that everyone has struggled with at some point. People are untrustworthy, so why would we put our trust into anyone? Today, though, Pastor J.D. reminds us why our trust, our faith, is so important. It allows us to see the world through God's eyes. When you put your faith in Christ, you'll see how He truly works. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: We're currently in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 today. Our text is going to be verses 23 through 29 And if it seems to you like we're not in any hurry to get through Hebrews chapter 11, that's because we're not in any hurry to get through Hebrews chapter 11. Okay, I'll read, you can follow along, beginning in verse 23. Been really looking forward to this today. We're going to talk about Moses. Can't wait. But first we're going to talk about mom and dad. Verse 23, by faith... Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, verse 24, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, verse 27, He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, verse 28, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, verse 29, The people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. So I want to talk with you today about the choice that every single one of us face, seemingly on a daily basis, sometimes a thousand times a day, when it comes to choosing faith over fear. And this because the writer of Hebrews focuses the reader's attention on Moses. And the common denominator is that of not only Moses, but his parents choosing to trust God, to have faith and not be full of fear. Because the truth be made known, you cannot be full of fear and full of faith at the same time. It's one or the other, either or. I'm either going to be filled with fear or I'm going to be filled with faith. And here's the thing, and I think it's going to become abundantly clear as we get into the text today. The choice is ours. The choice is ours. And we're faced with said choice all the time. Are we going to choose, choose to trust God in this situation? Or are we going to give in to fear? The fear of man, which is a trap. The fear of man. Or are we going to trust God and by faith believe God at his word? No matter what's happening. No matter what's going on around us, we have before us five accounts. I'm going to call them by faith accounts. Five faith facts. Oh, I like that one better. These are five facts about faith. By faith, this is what they did. And this is why the writer of Hebrews is inspired by the Holy Spirit to record these five by faiths by faith, by faith, by faith, not fearing. Because when you look at what they did in the situation they were in, they had that choice to make. Do we give in to and fall prey to fear or do we just trust God by faith? The first one is in verse 23 and it really kind of sets the tone. For the rest of them. Faith conquers fear. Now, here we're told about the mother and father of Moses, when he's first born. And you know the account, when Pharaoh catches wind of this, he is now threatened by the numbers of the Hebrews, fearing them. Which, by the way, that's, let me parenthetically say, it. maybe somebody needs to hear this today. The enemy is more afraid of us than we should ever be of him. But see, he doesn't want us to know that. So he tries to give us a spirit of fear, but God's not given us a spirit of fear. He tries to deceive us into believing that we're to be afraid. Not mom and dad, not here. See, the edict had been issued, and they were to take every single one of these male Hebrew baby boys. That's a redundancy, males are boys, okay. Well, you don't know anymore these days, but (laughs) maybe it's good I reiterated that. (laughs) It's It's been a long week, just bear with me. All of the Hebrew boys were to be cast into the Nile to their certain death. But God had them by faith hide this boy because this boy was going to grow up to be the deliverer of God's people out of Egypt. So by faith they hid him, and please don't miss this, because the writer is careful to point this out. They hid him not fearing Pharaoh, not fearing the edict, dare I say, not fearing the new restrictions. There, I said it. If you fear man, you won't fear God. If you fear God, you can't fear man. This brings us to our second one. Very interesting, verses 24 through 26. Faith refuses, again this is a choice, futility. Here again the writer is careful to point out how that Moses Knew pleasures and treasures in Egypt, and there were pleasures and treasures in Egypt. He knew they were futile, which is why he chose, he chose this. He chose to be disgraced for the sake of Christ, as we're going to see next. Seeing the unseen, which is what I want to spend some time on in verse 27. This is what faith does. It sees the unseen. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of what we're told here in this verse concerning Moses, leaving Egypt by faith, stepping out by faith, Notice first that we have the fear factor again because the detail the writer includes is that he did not fear Pharaoh. Everybody feared Pharaoh, not Moses. Why did he fear Pharaoh? Because he had faith. What was his faith? Oh, he had faith and even persevered because he was able to see the unseen through the eyes of faith. And is that not what faith is? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, strong word, the evidence of that which is yet unseen. It's seeing through the eyes of faith. I have evidence, I don't see it, but that's where faith comes in. By the way, sight is the antithesis of faith just as is fear, the antithesis of faith. See, the problem we have is that we want to walk by sight, not by faith. I want to see it, right? Because after all, seeing is believing. Well, it's the opposite when it comes to our faith in God, because it's not seeing is believing, it's believing is seeing. See, I believe in the unseen, and by faith I can persevere, even though I don't see it. I'm walking by faith. I'm not walking by sight. I mean, my flesh wants me to walk by sight, because after all, I can see it. That's safe, not faith. Faith is risky. Faith is uncomfortable. You have to understand that when he left Egypt, he left everything he knew and everyone he knew. And he would spend the next 40 years not just in the desert, but the backside of the desert. You know it's bad when it's the backside of the desert, not just the desert. For 40 years. Actually, the life of Moses can be divided into three uh, sections of 40 years each the first 40 years brought up in the ways of Egypt, learning the ways of Egypt, the wisdom of the ways of Egypt. And then the second 40 years, he's in the backside of the desert, long time. It's so long that by the time God appears to him behind the burning bush, could you imagine? You've been out in the backside of the desert, not the front side, remember now, this is the backside of the desert for 40 years. And then God appears to you, and speaks to you from a burning bush. I mean, for 40 years, all you've been talking to are sheep, probably, yeah. So God appears to Moses, and first thing he says is, you better take those sandals off, because you're, you're standing on holy ground. And then God calls him, and this would be his calling for the last 40 years of his life, where he would lead the Israelites out of slavery, in Egypt. And it's kind of interesting, there's and a, there's debate amongst Bible commentators, but of course I always see the humor in it. When God calls him, like everyone else before him and after him, He argues with God about the calling that God has on his life. You know, like, God, you've pulled the wrong file. I'm not your man. I've been here for 40 long years, you know. (laughs) And in the process, I developed a speech impediment. And so, you know, I just cannot, you know, talk because I've been talking to uh, sheep all the time. (laughs) And he tries to get out of it. And he's not alone. He's in good company. So did everybody else. So God says, no, you're not getting out of it. In fact, if you've got a problem with this, then just have Aaron speak. And that's why throughout the Old Testament, you'll always read these words. And God commanded Moses to have Aaron speak to the people. So I don't know what what happened. I mean, maybe he just couldn't actually talk very well maybe it was a speech impediment, don't know. But for 40 years, he would be on the backside of the desert, leaving all of the treasures, all of the pleasures, all of the comforts. I mean, fast internet speeds. (laughs) And by faith, he would leave And he would go into the unknown and persevere because he would see the unseen. This is faith. This is what faith does. This is what faith looks like. We say it like this, don't we? We stepped out in faith. That's good. That's fine. Because faith does require us to step out. I don't see it, but I trust you, Lord. I don't know, but you do, Lord. (laughs) So I'm just going to trust you, Lord, and walk by faith. And the writer of Hebrews has already written this, and it's one of really the highlights of the entire letter. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Meaning that we can please God by our faith. So if it's impossible to please God without faith, that means it's possible to please God with faith, right? I'm always struck by the accounts in the Gospels where it was like Jesus would stop everything and take note of someone who had faith or the lack thereof. I think about when he went to his hometown where he grew up, Nazareth, where my grandmother was from, born and raised in Nazareth. And we're told that he couldn't do many miracles there. Why? Because everybody looked at him and said, "Ah, that's Joseph's kid, man. That's Joseph's adopted kid. That's that's the kid we'd always see running around. He's the son of God. He's gonna. He's gonna. He. No way!" And he couldn't do anything. They didn't believe, and so his hands were tied. And don't we do that? We tie the hands of God's blessings in our lives with the ropes of our unbelief. I think of that man who said to Jesus, man, this guy, can't wait to meet him. He's going to be in heaven, you know. He he says to Jesus, I I believe, but help my unbelief. Oh, that's me. That's me. Help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I I do have faith, but help my unbelief, because I am so prone to not believe by faith, not trust you by faith, not step out by faith, because my flesh wants to play it safe. My flesh chafes at the notion of faith. My flesh chafes at the notion of trusting God when I don't see it. No, faith is seeing the unseen through that lens. This brings Mm -hmm. us to verse 28 and our fourth one, which really ties in together. And I know this sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious, but faith trusts God. Now, kind of picture the scene here with me because it's the account of when in the Exodus, that tenth plague, God says to take a lamb and inspect that lamb for four days to make sure that it's without blemish. And then at the exact time on the fourth day, you're to take that innocent lamb and you're to slay that lamb and you're to take a hyssop branch and you're to dip it into the blood of that lamb, and you're to put it on the doorposts of your house. By the way, we talked about this often in the shape of a cross. At the top, and there was a basin at the bottom, at the left, at the right. So that when the angel of death came, and it did, it would pass over that house because it had the blood of the lamb. Now, this is one of those places in God's Word where you just kind of read it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait a minute. Let's think about this for a second. What if you were there? Now, you've just witnessed the prior nine plagues, which you got to know that was, I mean, maybe it's just me, but that would have been really cool. <laughs> by the way, every single one of those plagues was a god of the Egyptians. They had, some believe, over 3,000 gods. My favorite one, you'll, you'll know why, was the frog god. They worship, yeah, not farag, frog. They worship frogs. It's like God's like, you like frogs, do you? I give you frogs. And the stench, anyway, I, I don't want to go on and on. The Israelites witnessed every single one of those. But now we're getting personal. Uh, We're not dealing with locusts and the Nile turning to blood or the frogs and all of those things. Now we're talking about my firstborn son. That's on a whole different level. So you're telling me that when, not if, when this plague hits and the firstborn son will die when it does, unless I have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of my house. That's faith. You see where I'm going with this, right? They put their faith, watch this, they were saved by grace through faith in the blood of that lamb on their doorposts of their house. That's faith. It took faith. Could you imagine? That household, come on. Really? You're kidding me, right? You mean to tell me that i got to take this lamb, inspect it for four days, which by the way was the number of days that Jesus was on trial, found to be without sin, without blame. And then on that last day at that hour, which was the exact hour and day that Jesus was slain as the Lamb of God, that I'm to take that blood of that lamb and I'll be saved? I don't see it. That's why it's faith. Trust God. You know, it's sad because just trust God is so cliche now, right? Just trust the Lord. Don't you hate it when somebody says that to you? Like, I didn't know that. Oh, just, hey, J.D., just trust the Lord. Okay. (laughs) Do you want a means to trust the Lord? you're trusting the Lord with your life. Let me illustrate it this way. Think of it like this. Okay, we put our faith in the Lord, we're trusting in the Lord for our salvation. Okay? In other words, we're trusting that on that day when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up in the rapture, to meet the Lord in the air. We're trusting the Lord for that, to live forever, for all eternity, with the Lord. We're trusting the Lord for that. And we're not trusting the Lord for this month's rent. I don't mean to be snarky, but think about that. I'm trusting God for that? I believe by faith that's going to happen. But I can't, I can't trust God for this, but I'm trusting God for that. That's what faith is. Faith trusts God. This would have required faith on their part, and it would be that which they would be saved because of. Okay, we're going to trust the Lord. We're going to put our faith in the shed blood Of this Lamb for our salvation.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD. Throughout much of this book, Jesus is mentioned as the great high priest. Aren't you glad that you can go directly to him with your troubles? There's no need for an intermediary person to bridge the gap. Jesus became that bridge when he died on the cross. If you'd like to know or understand more about this concept, we encourage you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com and look for the resources tab. Under that, there's a link to the ABCs of salvation. This provides an in-depth overview of what it means to believe that Jesus died for your sins and saves you from a life and eternity without him. Hebrews simply touches on the fact that Jesus fulfilled all the things that were promised in the Old Testament. It's like when you're reading a spy novel and you're given clues earlier on, but then it all makes sense in the end. Would you like to connect with others in their faith walk? If you're not currently part of a church, join us at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet on Sundays at 8.30, 10.45 a.m., and Thursdays at 7 p.m. You can find directions at our website, calvarychapelkaniohe.com. While you're there, you might be interested in some additional teachings by Pastor J.D., including his Mideast Prophecy Updates. This is an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this current time in the world's history. That's all we have for today, but thanks for tuning in. We hope you'll join Pastor JD for the next edition as we learn more valuable things from the book of Hebrews, right here on In Spirit and Truth. To you. La la la